Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 111, Podcasting News. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, then go to theaudacitypodcast.com and subscribe there, especially subscribe to the new video edition of the Audacity to Podcast, where I have some exclusive video content that has already been released and I will be releasing soon, including an awesome overview of a podcasting app for iPads and some stuff from CES. So you can get to that by going to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes video to subscribe to the video podcast in iTunes. I've got some podcasting news for you today. And the first thing on this list is Murphy's Law, totally. I'm going to share with you about the Audacity update, some urgent security issues with PowerPress and a one pixel out player, patent issues, speak pipes, some thoughts on New Media Expo, and an awesome announcement that I'm excited about of some new training I'm going to offer very, very soon that I'm excited to talk about. So let's start this off by talking about Audacity version 2.0.3. It's Murphy's Law. Every time I record, it seems, every time I record an episode of the Audacity to Podcast focused on Audacity, which as you know by now, my pattern is every five episodes, I try to focus on solely on Audacity or something that applies directly to Audacity. But it seems right after I record the episode or the day after I record the episode, the Audacity team releases an update to Audacity, and this was no exception. On January 21st, 2013, Audacity 2.0.3 was released, and you can download that by going to audacity.sourceforge.net, and I'll have that link in the show notes too if you want to just jump straight to that. That's over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111, or it is if you watch The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or you're familiar with those, it's my 11th, what is it, 11th birth episode. My 11th-first podcast episode. That's the correct phrase. Yeah, I, I mixed it up for a while. But the changes for Audacity 2.0.3, if you're coming from 2.0.2, which is what I said in my last episode of the Audacity podcast about ways to speed up your workflow with Audacity, They've fixed a couple of things. Uh, they've well, they fixed several bugs, some general bugs like some crashing while using time shifting in Audacity. I've actually ran into that crash once, so it sounds like they've fixed that. Um, they've done a couple export bug fixes. Not a lot really stands out to me about this new update, except for one thing, and I'll have the link to the actual release notes that you can view over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111. That's not going to happen again for another 111 episodes, by the way, the sequence of numbers. But one update that they did include here, or a couple updates, are some new effects that they're including in Audacity 2.0.3. 
One is Studio Fade Out, and they say this uses a filtered S-curve. So instead of just a straight linear curve from volume at 100% to 0%, they're using this, what they call S-curve. So it's, it is, they refer to it as Studio Fade Out. It is what professional studios use typically when they do a fade out. So instead of just a straight linear fade, it's more gradual. The way to think of this is, think of how when you toss something up in the air, it slows down before it comes back. Or look at it this way. When you move your arms or move your hand, you make a, basically an S-curve motion. And, and I might be talking about anim- animation things here, but I, I was a 3D animator for a while. But when you, when you move, you start out slow and then you speed up and then you slow down when you stop moving. The S-curve fade-out of the studio fade-out in Audacity 2.0.3 is very similar, so it's a more natural-sounding fade-out. I like that they've added that. That's really nice. They also added in an adjustable fade effect, which they say is accessible effect for creating partial fades and adjustable fade shapes. I really like that. And they also now have, instead of just the bass boost effect, they now have it set as a bass and treble effect that you can adjust both of those at the same time. Very similar. If you know how to work your car stereo's bass and treble effects, then you know how to work this inside of Audacity. Just don't enhance both at the same time. That's a little bit pointless. They also added a few other things here and there, some little enhancements. And if you speak Croatian, then you'll be happy that Audacity is now in Croatian. But you can check out this list of fixes and features that they've added and as well as the known issues over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111. And I do recommend that you update to this version. It doesn't seem like there are many major issues at this point, and especially if you're using Windows Vista, Windows 7, anything like that. If you're still on version 1.2 of Audacity or 1.3 of Audacity, definitely you need to upgrade. So get on this latest version, version 2.0.3, If you already have Audacity installed on your computer, then go ahead and install the new version right on top of the old version. Just take note, if you're on OS X, and I think Linux might operate this way too, and you copy the Audacity folder over, you may be overwriting some of your plugins that you have on your site or on your uh, Audacity installation. So like Chris's Dynamic Compressor, C3 Multiband Compressor, anything like that that you have already in your Audacity plugins folder, then make sure that you back up your current Audacity. This is just on OS X. I think maybe Linux behaves this way too. But back that up and just make sure to go back and put those plugins back in when you update to Audacity 2.0.3. But it's fine to install it right over top of your current version of Audacity just on OS X and maybe Linux, keep that in mind of possibly overwriting what plugins that you have installed. I'll have that download link and the release notes for this latest update over in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111. Now, another update, and this is also very important, this is even more important than the Audacity update, is there is a a security issue with the one pixel out podcast player. This is the player that you've probably seen many podcasters use. It's the default in many programs. I was the default in PowerPress for a while, and it's what podcasters really like. It's the very small pause and play button where when you press play, it expands out into a larger timeline and you can see the playing information and such. It's a really nice player. It's flash based 
but a security issue was just discovered on this. And even if you are not using one pixel out on your website, which I don't, I use Flow Player and HTML5 on my own websites with PowerPress. And uh, you can choose that right inside of PowerPress. If you choose HTML5 player first, then the fallback, if it doesn't support HTML5, fallback is to use the Flow Player. But uh, the even if you don't use one pixel out on your website, if you have PowerPress installed, then you need to update to the latest version. Just simply having one pixel out on your website, even if you're not using it, simply having it there, even if it's deactivated, even if you're using a different player, just having that file on your site means that you could be vulnerable to certain security issues and potential attacks. So I don't want to completely alarm you. This is a very simple fix. And that is if you use the automatic update system inside of PowerPress or inside of WordPress, rather, just go in and update PowerPress to the latest version. And that won't be a problem for you. It will automatically remove the file that is the problem. But if you FTP your updates to your server, then you will need to go in and manually remove a specific file. And I'll have a link in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com about what you need to delete. But make sure that you are running that latest version, which at this time is version 4.0.6. They've removed one pixel out. So if you are set to use one pixel out, you'll default to using Flow Player for now. And uh, this is what you need to do to make sure that you plug that security hole on your website. Always make sure you're running the latest version of WordPress and of these plugins. And that will ensure that your website is secure. I know sometimes you, you need to watch for these things to make sure you're not breaking your website. So whenever you update backup first, then, and I'll have an episode later talking about backups, but backup first update your things, then check everything on your website and hold on to that backup just in case anything breaks. So make sure that you're running the latest version of PowerPress 4.0.6. There wasn't much else that was released uh, with this version of PowerPress, just a couple other little bug fixes and tweaks and enhancements here and there. But the main thing is that security issue. Now, speaking of security, the security of podcasting could be at risk. You've heard about this. Personal audio is suing content creators because personal audio has a patent that they were awarded last year, 2012, that describes podcasting. Now, the interesting thing is they claim this patent in the patent documentation, it claims as early as 1996, but they didn't file this patent until 2009 and it was awarded in 2012. And this does concern me because the patent in question does describe what we do as podcasters and what podcasting programs do. But what's odd about this whole situation is that personal audio is going after the content creators instead of the people who make podcasting possible. So they're going after the people who use the technology, not the, uh, who, who are implementing the technology, not those who are developing with it and creating products with the technology and the idea. 
Now, I, I don't like this because personal audio did not create a podcasting thing. They didn't create a podcasting client. They filed for this application after podcasting had been around for a while. And it disturbs me because it does describe what we do in podcasting. So if they win this patent lawsuit that they have right now against um, Discovery Channel, who owns How Stuff Works, and also against Adam Carolla, one of the largest podcasters and most profitable po- profitable podcasters in iTunes, it concerns me. Now, the odd thing is they're going after content creators because the content creators are making more money with podcasting than the people who make podcasting tools like iTunes. Well, iTunes doesn't really make money from podcasting tools like iTunes itself. Well, that is Apple. Now, just to clarify, personal audio did sue iTunes and won, but it had nothing at all to do with podcasting. It was regarding a playlist patent. So iTunes and personal audio settled this thing and uh, s- several other companies are pay- paying licensing fees now to personal audio over this playlist management issue. That's completely unrelated to podcasting. So don't think that personal audio has sued Apple over iTunes over podcasting and won. They have not. They are just starting now. You know, a few years ago, there was this thing with Volo Media as well that they claimed they owned a patent to podcasting and that kind of blew over. Not much came from that. I'm hoping that this is what personal audio or what happens with personal audio too. And I'm, I sent out an email to my friend Gordon Firemark, who is G Firemark on Twitter. And I've had him on the Audacity to podcast several times before to talk about patents and trademarks and copyrights and such. And he's talking to some other patent lawyers to try and get down to the bottom of what this issue is. And he said that he'll let me know uh, what he can come up with. And we might get to hear from him in a future episode of the Audacity podcast. Maybe some audio he'll just record for me, or maybe we'll have him as a guest and we can ask him some questions. But the, the biggest thing that you need to do is follow this news. If you have a podcast, if you listen to podcasts, follow this news Follow what's going on with personal audio and try to oppose what's going on. One of the best ways that you can do that is there is an act out there. It's called the Shield Act. Now, if you search, if you Google Shield Act, you might find a web address, shieldact.com, I think it is, but it's for an electric bill about electricity. That's not what we're talking about. Look for the Shield Act that is about preventing patent trolls, people who patent ideas but they never implement the ideas. They never create anything to support the patent, but they patent these ideas or they purchase patents. And then they start going after people who actually created based on their idea, their own idea. And these patent trolls feel that those people are infringing on their patent, which they've never done anything with. I'm all for podcasters being compensated for their, what their work and for people who, artists, just in general, being compensated for their work, their ideas. But I really think if you have an idea, you need to make that idea something that you ship, that you send, that you finalize, that you create into a product, not just an idea. I might have the idea of, let's mix light blue and orange together. That's my patent. And until I actually create something that, I mean, that's a ridiculous patent, but until I actually create something, I don't think I have the jurisdiction to say no one else can do that. But 
I'm very opinionated with that. I highly recommend that you also listen to my other opinionated friend, Cliff Ravenscraft from Podcast Answer Man, when he talked about this in episode 292 over at podcastanswerman.com slash 292. Now, I have the link to that and also the link to several other relevant things that you could check out in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111. This is something very important, and I am legitimately concerned about this because I've glanced through the patent itself and it does describe podcasting very well. So I am concerned about this. As podcasters and podcast consumers, we need to rally. We need to unite around this. United we stand, divided we fall. We need to try and work together, make sure this doesn't affect podcasters and doesn't kill podcasting or make podcasting start requiring licensing fees from people who want to podcast, that'd be terrible, especially considering how personal audio is going after the people who make the most money with podcasting. That that concerns me. They're not, yeah, just the way they're going about this, it's, it's really disturbing. Speaking about money, next podcasting news I want to share with you is SpeakPipe is coming out of beta. This is good news and bad news for some of you. Good news is they're releasing some awesome new features. They have a business plan behind this, which means they will be around for a while because they have a plan to make SpeakPipe profitable. SpeakPipe, if you're not familiar with it, this is the service that I use on my website where I tell you, go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click to send a voice message. If you're on a desktop, you'll see the little tab on the side of your browser on mobile devices, you'll soon see something else. But this is a way that you can record audio feedback from your computer through my website, and it gets sent directly to me. I like this service, and I've talked about it many times before, because it's very convenient for podcast listeners to just go to the site, record a message, send it to me. They don't have to worry about attaching audio files. They don't have to worry about uh, calling in a number or anything like that. Just open up a browser click record, send the message, they can listen to it back, and it tells them if their recording quality might be an issue. The problem, I, I the downside I do see sometimes to speak pipe is it's a lot more likely that I'll get harder to understand audio sent from speak pipe as people have noise in the background, they're recording with their internal microphone, so they're too far away, or there's too much echo. Sometimes the audio quality is worse from a speak pipe call than it is from a phone call. But that aside, SpeakPipe is a great service and a great way to receive very simple audio feedback from people. And they are going into free and paid plans. Their beta is coming to a close on March 1st, 2015. And you can check out their new plans at speakpipe.com slash plans. Now, when they announced this, I was one of the first people to email back to them, as well as my friend Cliff Ravenscraft, and we we got some clarification from them, we made some suggestions, and so I'm really happy to see that speakpipe.com slash plans, again, I'll have that link in the show notes as well, has been updated from what it originally said when they announced these new pricing plans and levels. So now it's a lot more practical to use on the free plan, but you still get great benefits on the upper plans. Currently, as of January 28th, 2013, the way the free plan works is you get 20 minutes of overall storage. That's how many voicemails are in your account. 
and how much space they're taking up. 20 minutes of storage. Each message can only be a maximum of 90 seconds. You're allowed to receive 20 messages per month. You can have one website using SpeakPipe. You get one Facebook page. You'll get mobile application, which they haven't released yet, but something about mobile application you'll be able to use, and you'll get email notifications. Now, what varies between each of their plans are how many minutes of storage you get, how long each message can be, how many websites, how many messages per month, and then some additional features. So as soon as you start paying for SpeakPipe, which starts at $5 a month, you get all the extra features that all of the premium plans have, and that is your emails have the audio attachment. Extremely convenient there. I like that. You get some kind of extended widget, which they're still developing, and you get mobile devices support, which I've been talking with the developer, Vladimir, about this, and there are some cool things coming with this about ways that website visitors will be able to use SpeakPipe from your website on their mobile device, because right now it doesn't work on mobile devices. So some cool features there, but also once you start paying at $500 at $5 a month, not $500, $5 a month, you get 200 minutes of storage instead of 10 minutes, or 20 minutes, sorry. And the max duration of calls can be three minutes. That's about the same, that is the same length of calls on Google Voice. If you use that, I use Google Voice for my podcast feedback number. It's 903-231-2221. That's a Google Voice number. Max duration there, three minutes. I think that's fine because anything longer than three minutes, I think starts to get too long for voicemail feedback. Uh, I often edit things down even shorter than three minutes. And instead of 20 messages per month in the free plan, you get 100 messages per month. Instead of one website in the free plan for the bronze plan, $5 a month, you get multiple websites. You get the same feedback, uh, Facebook page, I mean, voicemail page, mobile application, email notifications, all of that. And I love that in the chat room, John Buchanan said that $5 is just one less footlong Subway sandwich per month, or I'd say one less, one fewer coffees per month or, or something like that. $5 a month, not bad. Now again, this yes, this totally depends on how many sites you have, how much feedback you receive, the quality of the feedback you receive through the system. I like this. I like that they're starting to offer a paid program because I have learned to appreciate when a company starts offering paid programs because it gives me some assurance that they have a business model. They're going to be around for a little bit longer. As long as they're making money, they'll be around. If the regular monthly amounts are too much of a commitment to you, because they've got a $5 plan, $12 plan, $30 plan, and each of these go up with all of those things. And even the $30 plan is white label, so it doesn't even say SpeakPipe anywhere on it. You can also do this really cool pay-as-you-go plan where you prepay a certain amount, and then you get a certain number of messages that you can use. It's a set number of messages, not a monthly limit, but it's a set number of messages. So the prepay prepay plans say that fast 10 times start at $10 a month then go up to $35 $60 $100 at $10 a month or I'm sorry not per month completely said that wrong $10 prepay you pay that you may never have to pay that again you may pay it once a year you may pay it once a month you may pay it once every quarter 
whatever. It's a pre-to-paid amount. So for $10, no time limit, you get 100 messages that you can receive. When you receive a message, it expires two days after you receive it. Now, that sounds really short, but once you receive it, you could just go and download the message. So then you don't have to worry about the expiration. And your total storage is 200 minutes on your account. And the duration of each message is a maximum of two minutes. So not as great as three minutes, but still very usable. And this is $10 that you pay that, and you may not have to pay that again. This is is pay-as-you-go. And with these pay-as-you-go plans, they also include multiple websites, voicemail page, integration with Facebook pages, mobile applications, email notifications, and mobile device support. So you get all of these great features of the paid monthly plans, except for the email with audio attachment, and yet you don't have to commit to a monthly amount. So I think these prepaid plans could be perfect for you if you're not sure how much you're going to use this because you pay a certain amount. It never expires. That's what they say. They do say on the site, pay as you go credits never, and it is in bold, never expire. So I really appreciate that they're doing that. So you could pay $10 and never have to pay again. You might pay $10 a year. I like it. It's a good plan. I really think this works out well. And the free plan is also really good for many people. So check this out at speakpipe.com slash plans. And I I really appreciate their service. Really like them. I am going to become a paying member. I haven't decided yet whether I'll do prepaid or the monthly amount because I do receive several messages per month. I receive probably 20 or 30 messages per month through SpeakPipe. And so I need to look at some of the things for myself, but I will become a paying member because I like SpeakPipe. I like what it does. I like how convenient it is. And uh, as John Buchanan points out in the chat room right now, that he likes that you can add it to a Facebook page. And Ken Gordon says the SpeakPipe news is good. I signed up, but have not been able to integrate into my Podbean site. And well, to integrate with your site, you do need certain access and permissions and uh, the ability to add javascript to your site primarily or just add a hyperlink from your site to your speakpipe feedback page can also work so check that out i'll have a link in the show notes and eventually if you want to visit speakpipe please go to or if you're going to sign up please go to the slash speakpipe the reason i ask that now is because just in case you're hearing this later in the future and at some point, they release a an affiliate program. Then if you use that link, that'll ensure that it goes through my affiliate program. But for now, that's probably just going to redirect you to SpeakPipe or go to my blog post review and original announcement about them. So check that out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash SpeakPipe or go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111 to see the show notes for this episode and these links that I mentioned. And Cliff Ravenscraft also talked about this in his recent episode of the Audacity (laughs) Podcast Answer Man. That's his show. The Audacity Podcast is my show. If you can't tell, I've been desperately trying to catch up on all the podcasts I listen to. So some stuff is starting to mesh together. Now, I recently attended New Media Expo, and I've been eager to share my thoughts with you on this, but since last episode was episode 110, I wanted to make sure that focused primarily on Audacity, but I was 
thrilled to go to New Media Expo and the Consumer Electronics Show. And it, honestly, it was a mixed experience. Uh, New Media Expo, that is. I say mixed because it definitely was a positive experience. I loved getting to meet people like Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative and seeing old friends like Dave Jackson and uh, uh, the people from Libsyn, the people from Blueberry, uh, Angelo Mandato. I got to meet Megan Inlow. I got to meet uh, so many other people there that I hadn't met before. I got to meet and shake hands with Leo Laporte. And then to my shock and honor, I won the award for the number one tech podcast in 2012 in the podcast awards. So thank you. Thank you so much for voting for me. I was blown away by the fact that I won that. I was totally not expecting it at all. And I, I'm i debating making an episode about podcast awards, like what I learned from being an award winner or some interesting things about the awards. I'm extremely grateful for it. But I also learned something very interesting about how the awards worked and some things about how the awards worked in 2012 that might not happen again. So some interesting things I may or may not share. I'm debating uh, having an episode about that. But I really appreciate your support. And I, I was so surprised. I didn't even prepare any speech. Like I said in my speech, I expected one of my other podcasts to win, my Once Upon a Time podcast to win. And I had a speech prepared for that, but for the Audacity podcast, for some reason, it just escaped my mind and I never developed a speech for that or anything to say. But I I was thrilled to win that award and honored and uh, so excited to get to shake Leo Laporte's hand, have my picture with him holding the award and uh, awesome thing. And the podcast awards will be at New Media Expo again next year. They're going to be even bigger, even better. And I loved that Leo Laporte was the the MC of the podcast awards because it, he had a lot of fun with it. It was a lot of fun for us as podcasters to be there. This guy whom we respect and many of us probably received our inspiration from Leo Laporte. And so it was so awesome to have him there leading, hosting the awards ceremonies. And also he put up that he will he's going to make a matching sponsorship of the 2013 podcast awards, but he gave a time limit on it. So he, because money in the past has been sometimes there, sometimes not there for podcast awards, he said that I'm going to donate half of what's required and I'll match then, well, I'll match any other donations up to half of what's required. So please go to podcastawards.com and considering sponsoring the awards, you can just donate straight to it with certain cash donations, or you can put a banner ad on there or anything like that. So I highly recommend you do that. I'm going to consider doing it as well. And the podcast awards are really fun. They're going to be even bigger next year, even better, even more exciting. It was so much fun to be there. But you know, one sad thing is seeing certain podcasts won the awards and no one was there to accept the award. No one. That was sad. So if you are a finalist in the awards, make sure you have someone representing there. I was honored to be representing a couple other podcasts 
in the awards. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't win. I, I had speeches prepared for them too, which is ironic. But unfortunately, they didn't win. But I was honored to be asked to stand in for them. And uh, as long as you and I aren't in the same category in future awards, I would be honored to represent you as well for future podcast awards. But make sure you have someone there because that's that's a sad thing to hear. So-and-so won the award, yay! And no one shows up. So make sure that you plan, if you are a finalist, plan to go to New Media Expo next year in 2014. It will be in Las Vegas again, probably in January. And uh, check out the podcast awards. Now, New Media Expo itself, uh, kind of mixed bag. And the reason I say that, and I, I really respect what Leo, what... <laughs> Uh, what Cliff Ravenscraft has done with the podcasting track at New Media Expo. That's what got me involved, and that's what got many other podcasters involved, that now we know podcasting is welcome again at New Media Expo. I mean, they had the podcast awards there. They're going to do it there again, and so many great podcasters there, so many great podcasting sessions. Podcasting is now a major focus of New Media Expo. So it's definitely fun to go to, worth the trip, um, but some of the sessions, I'll be honest, some of the sessions were not that great. Dave Jackson over at schoolofpodcasting.com shared some definite strong opinions about uh, the closing keynote, which was an attempt at making a social TV show, but also in some ways didn't seem social. It was kind of odd. But Leo Laporte's keynote was great. And I loved, and I wish more people who are talking about blogging or podcasting, would follow Leo Laporte's simple little thing that he did to make his primarily podcasting-focused keynote instantly apply to almost everyone in the room. He said, when he says podcast, think blog, think your website, think YouTube video, think whatever it is that you do on the internet to produce content. Instantly, he made his content applicable to everyone, or I would say almost everyone in that room. That's the thing that I see. So many people have these sessions and it'll be marked as podcasting session or blogging session. And their content applies perfectly to bloggers or podcasters or other platforms or styles of media on the internet. So I wish I'd see more people who are speaking at conferences like that. Do that simple trick. Put it in their title, maybe, to say blogging or podcasting. And you see me do that a lot on the Audacity to Podcast when I share tips or news or information or things, because it does equally apply. Really, the main difference between podcasting and blogging is podcasting includes audio, sometimes video, and you're in iTunes. That's pretty much the difference between blogging and podcasting. The same rules pretty much apply, the same principles, the same ideas, the same content generation ideas, audience building, all of that. But uh, some of the sessions were really good too, some amazing tips from some of these people. So here's what I highly recommend you do. You can buy the virtual pass still or the virtual ticket and download any session from New Media Expo. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash New Media Expo to sign up for the virtual ticket. It's $300, but consider $300 versus the $900 or $1,000 that it might have cost you to attend the conference and you get all of this great training. Three days of solid sessions. 
session, simultaneous sessions throughout the day and so much. But some great content was shared there. Just some of the keynotes, meh. And by solid, I do mean lots of information. Not necessarily that they were all good, but that's up to you to pick out what applies to you. And that's the awesome thing about the virtual ticket. You can pick the session that applies to you and that has the information you're most interested in. The most surprising keynote or most surprising session from New Media Expo was the Ford keynote. I mean, yeah, if you didn't see the keynote, what's your first impression of Ford is presenting at a social media conference? I mean, you're probably thinking infomercial, boring, not applicable. I I thought the same thing. I was amazed. I really thought, and I tweeted this. I said, Ford gets it. They understand social media. Their presentation wasn't just, here's what we're doing with our Ford cars, and here's how we're integrating social media into our cars. Buy one of our cars today. They were a sponsor of New Media Expo, but they didn't hammer that down our throats. Instead, what Ford shared was, hey, we're a big company, but we're experiencing the same things you are. We're experimenting with the same things you are. Here are some of the lessons we've learned. Here are some of the things we tried that did work. Here are some of the things we tried that didn't work. Here's what we're learning. Here's what we're discovering. Here's what we're trying. Here's what we're playing with. Here's where we're having fun. And they showed us some videos. They showed us some tweets. They showed us some websites. It was really informative. I liked the Ford presentation. I thought I would hate it, but I liked it. It was good. So check that out. Check out the sessions, the keynotes, and there was so much more too. So many great speakers there. A Cliff Ravenscraft session on uh, building your podcasting audience was packed out. They had to turn away people. Several sessions were like that. Some great sessions. I went to a session about search engine optimization where I would say the guy was the most passionate presenter there. And he had a slight speech impediment, but that didn't stop his room from being barely standing room only. And he was so passionate about his information. And he was talking about search engine optimization. And he was passionate and excited. He's also a preacher, which could explain how he could get so passionate about something and just speak with such passion. But great sessions, uh, so many things. And I met so many people there. And one of the things that I got to do is I visited uh, with Libsyn Booth. I visited with several people. And I wish I'd recorded more videos of things. But one of the videos that I'm going to post over at theaudacitypodcast.com that you'll be able to watch on the website or subscribe to the video feed in iTunes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes video. I'll have a video overview of the Boss Jock app. These are from some guys that used to work with Libsyn and now work kind of together with Libsyn. But it's a podcasting app for iPhone and iPad. It is now available for iPad. I don't just mean a podcast app like subscribe to podcasts. It's a podcast production app where you could do things like mix in your music real time, have fade ins, fade outs, compression, limiting, gating, effects, features, uh, plug in a USB microphone, use the built-in microphone, all of this stuff right from your iPhone or your iPad. It's uh, an amazing app. It's only $10 in the App Store. I would say it's worth it if you don't want to drag around podcasting gear, if you just want to simplify your podcasting workflow and not use a computer. But I'll have that video very soon at theaudacitypodcast.com slash B-O-S-S-J-O-C-K. That's Boss Jock. I'll have that video there soon, and you'll see it in the video feed, not 
in the audio feed. But I'm going to try and release that within the next week. And I'll also have some stuff from CES about some cool products for podcasters. Like I talked to Nady about some uh, a really cool noise filtering thing that they have for microphones that could be great for podcasters. They have a new Bluetooth system that turns any microphone into a wireless microphone and compare it with your computer and possibly something like an iPad too. Or, I mean, an iPad also. And they, uh, I also talked to a company with some cable adapters and another company that was... Ah, and it just, oh, a awesome green screen backdrop, collapsible green screen backdrop that's wrinkle-free, iron-free, looks great. It's double-sided, really cool thing from PhotoFlex. So I have these videos very soon from CES and my coverage there from Tech Podcast Network. They'll be at tpn.tv as well as the video feed at theaudacitypodcast.com. Now, for my exciting announcement and slight infomercial... I've decided to host an Audacity training workshop. This is where I will give you 60 minutes of solid Audacity training and time for questions and answers on top of the 60 minutes. So this will be whether you are just getting into using Audacity for podcasting or audio editing or drama or audiobooks or any kind of thing you want to do with Audacity. I'll be teaching an Audacity training workshop at the end of February. I'm looking at Saturday morning, February 23rd, because I figure Saturday morning or Saturday around noon, probably best time for people because then they're not working, then it's not evening time. They could probably clear Saturday morning to try and make it to the session. So it'd be some time that would work for Pacific time and Eastern time as well. And if you would be interested in this, then please send me an email, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com, and put in the subject, Audacity Training Workshop. If you're interested in this, right now, the ticket price will be $100 for 60 minutes of training, personal training from me, and you will be able to ask questions as I go along. So if you see something that I don't address, and you just want to say, hey, can you mention what does that button do? Then either I can say we'll cover that soon or we'll make time to cover that. So this will be as if I'm training you one-on-one, but it will be a group training thing, so you'll get to learn with others. And so others might ask questions you might not have thought of asking, but it'll be information you want to hear, or you might ask the questions that someone else wants to hear, but they didn't think of asking those questions. So I'm really looking forward to this. It'll be $100 for 60 minutes of training from me, plus open question and answers, probably 15 to 30 minutes of that, however long it takes. I'll be sharing my screen, showing you these things in Audacity, and after the session, I will give you the recording of the session. So if you're interested in this, then please email me, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com, and put in the subject line, Audacity Training Workshop. It will be $100 near the end of February, probably February 23rd, that's Saturday morning, or March 2nd. But if you have a certain date that you think would work best for you, if you just want to suggest a date, go ahead and include that in your email. But I'll be going ahead and taking registrations for that as soon as I set up links and stuff. But you can email me right away to express your interest in that, interest in that, and I can make sure that you have a reserved slot. Right now, I'm going to say it's limited to 20 people. 
But if I get an overwhelming response, I might look at tweaking some things to see if we can get some more people in, but you will receive a downloadable copy of the session afterwards. So even if you register now at the price I just announced, which may change next time, but at the price I announced, $100, I'll say that it's $100 between now and February 9th. If you let me know that you want to register, it will be $100 between now and the deadline of February 9th. And after that, the price might go up. But you will receive the downloadable copy even if you don't make it to the session. So letting emailing me now guarantees your spot and guarantees that uh, if you register and pay for the session that you will receive the downloadable copy. I'm really looking forward to this because this is something I've wanted to do for a while and just finally decided, hey, why haven't I done this yet? I've wanted to do it. Why haven't I done it yet? So I'm really excited about this and looking forward to it. So email me, feedback at the audacitypodcast.com with Audacity Training Workshop in the subject line if you're interested in this and want to reserve your seat today. Seats are limited, so sign up today and we can arrange that registration for you. Price might go up after February 9th. Now, these things that I mentioned, I mentioned a lot of links, a lot of other things to check out. I really recommend that you do listen to the other podcasts about podcasting and hear what they have to say about some of these things like the personal audio patent issue and uh, New Media Expo and all of this stuff. So go to the site, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111 to check out the show notes and get these links to the other shows. And please tune in this Friday night. That is Friday, January, or excuse me, February 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's GMT minus four, minus five, sorry, for our live podcasters roundtable. We'll be talking about some cool things of what do you owe your podcast listeners? So it will be an awesome conversation. Uh, Some definite awesome opinions will come out there. So check that out. You can get the past episodes at podcastersroundtable.com and watch for that. It will be on Google+. So follow me on Twitter or on Google+. For news and announcements, you can follow me on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. And one last thing that I encourage you to do is send me your questions, send me your feedback, send me your audacity tips, sending me your podcasting tips to include in podcasting episodes. Send me questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast or hire me to do something with you. I'm looking forward to ramping up my one-on-one consulting because a lot of people are asking me questions and uh, this is a definite need out there. So if you want to schedule some time for me to help you one-on-one with your podcasting needs or design podcast cover art for you or design a website for you or set up your site for podcasting or fix your RSS feed, that's a popular thing right now I'm doing, or move away from FeedBurner or help you with Libsyn or anything like that, please email me, ask me your questions, contact me. Email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the send a voice message link from SpeakPipe. That's SpeakPipe right there on the site and send a message right from your computer. If you haven't checked it out already, load theaudacitypodcast.com on your mobile device to check out how it looks on mobile devices like iPads, iPhones, Android phones, other tablets and such. It's this new responsive design that I just launched and still tweaking here and there. Really excited about it. 
please let me know what you think of this episode, what you think of the podcasting patent, of Audacity 2.0.3, of SpeakPipe, of New Media Expo, all of this stuff. Comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 111. Now that I've given you some of the tools and taught now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for the ratings and reviews in iTunes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes. And thank you most of all for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Check out our awesome productivity podcast from Eric Fisher called Beyond the To-Do List. Check out our Once Upon a Time podcast called Once Podcast, our movie reviews podcast, which has been recently resurrected and looking for awesome feedback and has some cool reviews coming out soon and Christian Worldview from Christian Meets World, and our Clean Comedy Podcast, all of that and more at noodle.mx. The Audacity Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com and check out the awesome CES coverage we did from CES 2013 at tpn.tv.